Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It is Wednesday night. You know what that means, eh? It is the AEW Dynamite Post Podcast here on Wrestling Inc. Across all the platforms, make sure you subscribe and locked into the Wrestling Inc. channel. YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever your deal is, live or archived. See us or don't, or only see some of us, whatever you want to do. Every single week, we're here to bring it to you. I'm Justin Labar coming to you from Pittsburgh, PA. Down south in beautiful Puerto Rico, it is the NYC Demon Diva Isa, and up north in Toronto, foregoing his live experience to be here in studio with us and live up to his duties every single week. It is former WWE referee of over 20 years, many of WrestleManias in there. He is the one, the only, Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you tonight up in Toronto? Are you dealing? Uh, are you dealing with any FOMO? Huh? Are you dealing with any fear of missing out? Uh, not necessarily. I kind of, I'm kind of happy watching it on television and, and, uh, not, not, not creating a, a havoc down there. Be, you know, I, I didn't want to be a Canadian heat magnet to some of the people down there. So, you know, <laughs> 
Uh, potentially a smart move as we go into some of the, some of what we saw tonight in the area of your expertise. Uh, Issa, how are you on this Wednesday night? I'm excited to talk some dynamite with my two favorite Jays. Not Jack Farmer, of course, but you two, you two are the best. Uh, <laughs> two favorite Jays. What? I love, what I love honor? That. I know. I know. We're and and and, and Issa just said in her life. We are the honorary double J's. Yes. Ah, okay. Yes. Wow. I'll take it. I will take that. There we go. Honorary ooses, honorary mm. double J's. There you go. Uh, big shout out to everybody who is uh, f- filtering into the, uh, or filing, I should say, into the live chat. We appreciate it. Some that have been on there chatting all while Dynamite's been going on. Some just jumping in now. Before we get to Dynamite, we will touch on a few news items. We'll uh, hit a few of the WWE ones first before we pivot over to AEW. First, it's uh, more talk, uh, rumors, and speculation of who else could be finding their way back to WWE. It started with some rumors uh, that Chelsea Green, uh, former NXT star Chelsea Green, could be destined to head back to WWE. I believe WrestleVotes first uh, tweeted that and got the world a buzzing. And then after that, that then naturally led to uh, rumors and speculation of her real-life husband, Matt Cardona, better known to WWE fans as Zack Ryder, that perhaps he could be making a return to WWE. And in fact, uh, Wrestling Inc. got an exclusive statement from Cardona, went right to the subject to ask him what's going on. And here was his uh, quote to us. He said, being the star of the last match musical, host of the major wrestling figure podcast, and 13th best wrestler in the world, keeps me very busy. However, I'm always ready for any opportunity uh, Jimmy, is that a worker's answer or what? That is definitely a worker's answer. And Matt Cardona, again, you talk about guys who are probably underrated in their abilities, not only to perform in the ring, but also speaking ability. Matt Cardona has has developed into quite a, quite a, a talent. And I think uh, um, his time away from WWE helped him learn other aspects of the business. And returning to WWE now when he's, you know, really in stride, I think would be a good timing for him. Yeah, Issa, I mean, if nothing else, you know, we're in October now. If nothing else, when you start hearing about who could be interested, who you know, who the new creative regime could be interested in for WWE, and then you start hearing about maybe who might have uh, contractual freedom and, and availability, uh, if nothing else, it makes the Royal Rumble this January very interesting. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Especially somebody like Matt Cardona. As you mentioned, uh, I think he's one of those people that have really made me just completely do a 180 on how like how I felt about him and, and you know, going into where he got released to where he is now is a name that you just can't avoid seeing. He's accomplished so much. And as far as as far as Chelsea Green is, she suffered such a strength of bad luck in her WWE career. Like she came up twice. She went under injury twice. We never got to see what it could have been with her. I think she's got the look. She's got the talent. And we just never got to to capitalize or maximize what she could do. So we, there's still a, it could be a whole new character, a whole new story with her. So uh, you'd be you'd be stupid to go one and not to go after one and not the other. It's a package deal. Bring them both in. But Matt Cardona in the Rumble, oh, I would love to see that. Oh, could you just imagine that San Antonio crowd hears the woo woo woo? You know, <laughs> I don't know if he'll. Do you think he'll come out to that? He might do something new. You know, it feels like he's so he's what even though I love that moment at WrestleMania 32 that he had, you know, winning the Intercontinental title, like that was such a big moment for him. But 
Zack Ryder just feels so below him at this point with everything that he's accomplished. I just want to see him come out as Matt Cardona. Yeah, no, I, I would. Sorry to cut you off, Justin, but I would definitely agree with that. But uh, I think we're to, it's, things are going to be a little bit different under the new regime now because we've seen name changes going from NXT, which is the same uh, company, into the so-called, quote unquote, main roster and not, you know, uh, character changes and name changes and so forth. I think this regime would take advantage of the name value that Matt Cordona does have now, especially with the hardcore audience. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously what he's been able to do to, um, you know, try to establish the Matt Cardona brand is pretty cool. And just going hardcore, doing things that, you know, Z true, you know, Z Long Island true story, you know, he never would have pictured him doing. That said, though, I still still if you if you ask the majority of wrestling fans, do you know who Matt Cardona is? You'll get a sliver of the population. Yes. You ask a wrestling fan, you remember Zack Ryder and you're going to get woo woos. You're going to get the catchphrases. So and, and, and I think that. That doesn't mean Zach. That doesn't mean if he came back as Zach Ryder that he has to go back and do all the antics he was doing in 2012. Right. He could, you know, he he could do some things to try to like, you know, show his evolution of of what he's capable of. But I think kind of what Jimmy's saying here is, I think that, you know, if nothing else, I'm not saying he's gonna come back and be world champion or even intercontinental champion, but he might be able to come back and and all the things that he was willing to, do, all the creative things he was doing, he was really ahead of his time, quite frankly, you know, with his with his self-shot youtube show and whatever yeah. i think the company now might embrace and might lean into it and say look you know we have Corey graves doing a, a podcast after the belt you know maybe continue doing some of these things and, and let's tie it in let's tie it into our deal with peacock you know we you know so i think i think a zach Ryder and all the property that zach Ryder is that, that the WWE technically owns i think if they let him really fly with it i mean he's only 37 years old which mm-hmm. is pretty remarkable considering how long he's been around because he yeah. he got exposure so young dating back to being part of the edgeheads Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's it's fun to th- these are fun conversations to have. So we'll keep yeah. our eye on it. Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, and Asa, you both mentioned NXT. Uh, here's some NXT news: is that uh, it looks like Fightful Select is reporting that they're going to continue seeing. We are going to continue seeing rather uh, some crossover of seeing Raw and SmackDown talent show up in NXT for you know many many storylines, many runs, uh, what have you. you know, we've been seeing it uh, somewhat recently with whether it's been Finn Balor. Brawling Brutes, Rhea Ripley, Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop, uh, Sony Deville was the most recent. So it, it looks like again now that we have a little bit more synergy between Tr- Shawn Michaels' day to day ran NXT, <laughs> gotta get used mm-hmm. to saying that, and Triple H's day to day Raw and SmackDown, that the DX brothers are going to kind of work together and allow some of their established talent uh, help elevate their up and coming talent. Uh, Issa, I, I was I've been preaching this for years when when I would argue with Raj about how the old black and gold NXT didn't feel so much like minor league, but it felt like an alternative third brand. I said, the only thing that's missing is more two way street is more big stars. I'm happy to hear this. Yeah, me too. I feel like the black and gold have their own stars. And while I agree with you that we missed out on a lot of opportunities, maybe they didn't need it like 2.0 or whatever this regime is. Um, it's still like they need it. They're, they're building stars. These are characters developing and, and getting the rub from people in the main roster doesn't hurt. My favorite main roster running was AJ Styles. I don't think it gets talked about enough. We had that match with Grayson Waller and we see it every week. Obviously I cover NXT here on Tuesdays. So I see it every week and some people get called down and end up staying down like an Apollo Cruz. It doesn't hurt the brand at all. I love, I love that Sonya Deville is there now. Her story with Mandy Rose. I never thought it was 
spinach, I thought Sonia was dealing with some real life things and they had to kind of like split them up for the meantime. So I'm happy to see that they might be back together. But yeah, it's not going to hurt NXT to have the rub from some of the uh, main roster talent. And it makes sense. It feels like a coherent brand, not like NXT 2.0 doesn't feel like it's just the stepchild of WWE. <laughs> No, I, no I, I agree. I like the move. It's partially because, like you said, it, it, to elevate the next generation of talent, you usually use the current superstars to elevate the next generation of superstars. And that's exactly what this is. And yes, it may bring some eyes down to the product from, from, from some of the crowd, because obviously you see, if you're a, a ratings or a numbers person and you see the numbers on, on Tuesday night compared to Mondays and Fridays, you say, wow, they got a ways to go. But because it is perceived as the developmental brand, that's why I think they don't have the numbers that the other guys have. I'm not saying that they will do those numbers eventually, but at least they can elevate those numbers a little bit and elevate the talent. And that's the most important thing. If you elevate talent and you get people invested in them and use your current roster of superstars, especially your experienced ones, to help elevate that talent, then you're, you're building for the future. Yeah, and you said the experienced talent, and that's 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 a big thing. You know, if you you can if you're in NXT. You know, obviously they feel that you've done well enough in your training or what have you, the performance center that they're ready to put and you have a character that they're, that they're willing to start to work with. So you're ready enough for TV. You're still in USA Network. But, you know, if you're working with your guys and girls, your peers there, you're getting better, of course, with reps. But think about how, you know, how much advanced that can be, how much, you know, it could be if you got a guy like, you know, a Sheamus or a Finn, you know, coming down, you know, guys who have worked big time matches in Raw or SmackDown, you know, that just... You know, that, that helps you jump a couple steps ahead in one night, uh, getting to work with them in front of an actual crowd uh, for live TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next Tuesday, I mean, what, what a time for NXT to start having these more established stars. Because next Tuesday, NXT, mm-hmm. on a rarity these days, is going to be head-to-head with a special Dynamite that's airing on Tuesday night with a big match, as we'll talk about, uh, headlining it, Dynamite. It's going to give us PTSD from the Wednesday Night Wars, and we have to watch two shows at the same time. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not looking mm-hmm. forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, originally, and I, I told Raj, and I forgot that Dynamite is not next Wednesday the nineteenth. I have an engagement that night, and I said to Raj, "Hey, I'm not going to do the podcast for this reason." Mm-hmm. And, and then, I, then I they're promoting it's next Tuesday. I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, well, all right. Well, how are we doing? Like, are we doing? Are we combining mm-hmm. the the Tuesday crew with 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 Jim? Like, how are we doing this?" I, and I remember he said, "What having to watch both of those shows? It was like it was like a panic attack having these screens up and trying to hear like which one do I do go to the audio with? It's going to be." Gonna get however, whoever does it, it's gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. I know that. All right, let's uh, turn turn over to some AEW news, some good news, uh, at least how the story is uh, reported. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about AEW's long term future, especially with the merger of Warner Brothers and Discovery. Um, and so lately, or at the latest uh, news we can talk about here is that in an interview with the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery Chief Content Officer Kathleen Finch touted the success of AEW's ratings and hinted that more non-wrestling AEW content content might be on the way. She said, quote, one of the things that we're doing around sports is creating shoulder programming to hold on to those fans. AEW pulls huge numbers, so we are working with the wrestling team to figure out what new con- what new kind of content we can build that's not in a wrestling ring. So while uh, you know, this is talking about outside of the ring content, she's very complimentary of AEW's performance by whatever standards um, and expectations they've been held to so far. So, I mean, Jimmy, this has got to, if you're an AEW 
especially if you're an AEW talent or employee, this has got to make you feel good. It absolutely has to make you feel good, especially since the the broadcast partner is a big fan of theirs and wants to expand their their presence, especially on their on their uh, on their brand on their television in a non wrestling capacity, which is interesting. I find it considering uh, we'll get into the recent hire that they just made and, and debuted tonight on AEW Dynamite that I think is a perfect fit for doing the non-wrestling um, shows, if, if, if you get my drift. Yeah, and just looking in the past, you know, we've seen, you know, we saw obviously Cody Rhodes at a reality show just before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he, he departed. So I'll be curious if they eyeball, again, you know, other couples, married couples in the company, other, do mm-hmm. they go that route or what, do, what would they do? do they, are they looking reality show? Are they looking who can host a variety show? Who can host a cooking show? Who can, what, what, what's going to be what here? So, uh, but again, all, any which way you look at it, it is good news. If you have a chief content officer of this new merger, mm-hmm. um, speaking, you know, speaking highly and that we want to continue branching off. That does not sound like AEW has anything to worry about in terms of not having a place to live. So let's go ahead and jump into dynamite tonight, coming to you from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and we kick it off with a big announcement, a big debut, introducing Canada's own Renee Paquette. Yes, uh, formerly Renee Young at WWE, Renee Paquette, and of course, real-life wife of John Moxley. She has signed on with AEW, and this is met with just a standing ovation, huge pop. Uh, Jimmy, I feel it's only appropriate to toss to you. For those who don't know, Jimmy, Renee got her start on talking about pro wrestling on television correctly with, correct, with you, Jimmy um up in toronto i don't remember which i don't remember if arda was still with you or if he was already gone or you have to no, but but yeah. give us the background on renee and then obviously a reaction to her appearance tonight well yeah it all started off way up way back when uh on uh the score when the when the wwe was uh partners with the score television network and then moved over to, to sports uh sports uh there was an, a post game wrestling show on Tuesdays called it started off as right after wrestling. It started actually as a radio show mm-hmm. then transformed into a television show. And it was three, uh, you know, Renee was the host and myself and, and the former Kyle Edwards, uh, Ardo Cal, who is now with ESPN. Congrats, my buddy. Um, you know, uh, he, um, we just did a, 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 had fun kind of talking about like we're doing right now, but only in a, in a television studio setting. And, uh, you know, Renee was great at hosting. For someone who wasn't really a huge, huge wrestling fan, she really adapted to it well. She asked questions, and she she picked it up really well. And 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 congrats to her. She she knows her stuff right now. She's a she I think is going to help that brand with not only her interviews backstage and whatever else she's doing, but she's also going to help in other areas like you talked about with possible other shows that may be on the uh on their uh, television partner networks yeah isa she's one i know you know she shares if you follow her on social she shares her uh love and hobby of cooking uh i'm not saying she has to you know we're gonna have a cooking show uh but but you know but even even just again how her uh even how her podcast is she has her podcast with her her, her interview and i mean i i could see her being somebody who would be a, would be a really good long form uh host to do interviews, kind of basically just taking her podcast and just maybe putting it in a more polished, again, TV studio kind of format. 
Yeah, she just recently signed or is working with the Cincinnati Bengals as well. They're doing a little something with her. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I don't mm -hmm. know if she's going to be doing some backstage interviewing for the Cincinnati Bengals, but that's a huge deal for AEW to get Renee. I'm a big fan of hers, her being a woman in commentary. I think I think she's breaking so many doors. I love the reaction for her. I kind of had a feeling she was going to get that kind of reaction. Uh I don't know how I feel about the news being like out before the show started because I wish she would have just came out. It would have been awesome. But regardless, it was an awesome get for AEW and, and it was awesome seeing her there and the reaction that she got from the crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge reaction. Uh, Peter with the super chat asking, uh, Renee won't or uh, Renee won't be able to interview WWE talent now on her podcast because of this. Was this a smart business decision for her long term? Your thoughts, Peter? I don't mm -hmm. know that I wouldn't go as far to assume right. that. Um, her pot if she's still if if she's still going to continue doing her podcast because she mm -hmm. now will have AEW and then as Issa just mentioned at least for the football season uh, at home games at least I think she's part of the in game entertainment for the Bengals. Um, if she's still doing her podcast, her podcast is her independently. Yeah, she's been marketing and branding her independently. And and again, if this is six months ago, if Vince is still in charge and there's still the same pieces in place, okay, probably I could see. But if it's if it's it's not an AEW sponsored podcast, um. So I think if Tony doesn't care, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't think that she's going to bring on WWE talent and like have them comment on AEW storylines. But I think if I, I think if it's appropriate, I think it could still happen. So it, it mm -hmm. in any which way. And, and let's say, Peter, let's say that if she's advised and eh, probably not the best idea, can you not bring on WWE talent? You know, we're, we're you know, we're whatever. That's there's still no shortage of things of guests for her to have, and she's got a new paycheck for the AEW. She's got a new paycheck with the Bengals. So for business wise, I think she's yeah. probably just fine. Yeah, and 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 if I can make a quick comparison, our friends over at Busted Open there, uh, one of them works for AEW, Mark Henry, who is a, a regular on Busted Open, and they interview uh, WWE talent quite frequently. Well, don't forget about Thunder on Friday now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, it, it, I I. Don't I don't want to assume, but I don't see it being an issue currently with uh, with the new regime at WWE. Like Justin said, if it was VKM, it may be a different story. <laughs> yeah, and I and I like that. Um, you know, I always this was part of my in my mind, and and, and Peter, thank you for the for the chat. Um, you know, when I when I and Jimmy was right around when I met you at the same time you know, over a decade ago. You know, when we had, when we were starting Chair Shot Reality and we were doing it at TV format in a you know eventually in a studio. That was always my goal with that show, in my or at least in my mind, was I was like, God, it would be great if there was a, a Jimmy Fallon or a Jay Leno or that type of show on a major television distribution platform that was centered around pro wrestling. You know, all all those nighttime, all those late night shows are centered around pop culture. Buying, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's you know, music stars, TV stars, uh, movie stars, and but you know, it's nice. You know, it doesn't matter if you have this artist, this this recording artist who's on this label and then right after that you have this recording artist on that label or this movie star who's making pictures with this studio like it, it's just it's kind of all just a catch-all and everybody's just benefiting they're just trying to get their word out you know and so i like that we we're finally getting closer to that space where whether it's you know busted open or wrestling inc or whatever that everybody can have everybody can kind of go on everybody's thing and and promote and and because and, that's just it makes the most sense you know it, it's the forbidden door in mm -hmm. In the in the podcasting world, essentially, you know what I mean. So, uh, so, anyways, Renee comes out, big ovation to her. She brings out other fellow Canadian, Christian Cage. Uh, he says he's got a guarantee of a win. It's going to happen tonight. It's a guarantee. 
just as foolproof as the Toronto Maple Leafs losing in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Hits harder to the Maple Leafs fans. They're very, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're Canada's team. Um, crowd gets pretty up in arms there. Introduces Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus comes out. He's going to have a match against Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. They made a real effort tonight. Jack Perry's name is in the graphic. They refer to him as such. And um, I just want to give a shout out to Jim Ross because in the early days of AEW, and I retweeted this, Jim Ross like would say Jack Perry. He would say the name Jack Perry a lot. And like, I saw fans riding hard on him. Like, is he slipping up? Is, is, he, is he not able to remember the guy's character name? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I think Jr. you know, in his, in his being in the business for a minute, might have realized this guy might have a long-term future if we don't just call him Jungle Boy. If we give some, some you know, some you know, be human to his name, especially because he's from a famous, you know, his father's a, fa- you know, a former famous actor. So, I don't know, just small thing, my little preach there. Uh, Luke Storch for Jungle Boy. A lot of emotion in this match. We're going to see a spot where Jungle Boy with some momentum is going to powerbomb Luchasaurus through a table. Um, pretty sweet-looking move, but no DQ. Mm-hmm. Christian's even asking, why is this not a DQ? But right. we move on. <laughs> um, finally, Christian moves himself to ringside, and just his presence stops Jungle Boy Jack Perry from uh, fully getting on that snare trap submission. Ultimately, Luchasaurus, big old uh, spike into the mat on a Jungle Boy Luchasaurus gets the win. Issa, how did you feel about this continuing rivalry between f- two former best friends? I really just wanted to get to Christian and, and Jungle Boy at this point, and I know that Christian is injured, so they're trying to do their best to stretch it out. It was a fun match to open the show. I did have a feeling that Luchasaurus was going to win here, um, just based on Christian being out there. Like You already kind of know the shenanigans that are going to go down. The the table spot, yeah, he, I, I had a lot. Like I said, I do a watch along, and I had a lot of people saying, why is this an ODQ? Why is the ref not counting this as an ODQ? Why are they wrestling the entire commercial break on the outside and there's no count out like there was a lot of like missteps that a lot of people are starting to notice these things now but overall uh there's only so much that you can do making jungle boy the underdog like we get he's the underdog like how many times does he have to lose to prove the point at some point he's got to start getting some wins and looking somewhat intimidating for when christian gets better but he doesn't he just keeps looking like like a loser like christian didn't do much here to cost him you know to cost him the match it's not like he was disabled or or, or unable to continue so i just want jungle boy to start just showing a little bit more because the matches are good but then he just doesn't win them right uh, Jimmy, how much of a deal breaker was the t- the table spot for you? Yeah, well, again, let, let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys remember who pulled out the table? Luchasaurus. Right. Yeah. So that's the only defense you can make for it not being de- the referee not calling for the disqualification because Jungle Boy didn't pull out the table, but he took advantage of the fact that it was drawn out by, by Luchasaurus. Uh, at least if they could have explained that in commentary and say, hey, look, the referee didn't call for disqualification here because – Jungle Boy is not the one who presented the table originally. It was there because of Luchasaurus. So if, if if Luchasaurus hadn't pulled out the table, then that would have been just a bump onto the floor or something along those lines. But at the same time, should have been a DQ, bottom line. But uh, uh, I digress. Uh, like like Issa said, the matches are good. There's nothing wrong with the matches. But um, Jungle Boy, the, again, the Christian, I, who I will give credit for getting heat on himself, especially because he was a hometown guy. Um, didn't it should have been more of a his fault that Jungle Boy lost, and it didn't feel like he had really right. any, any you know influence on the outcome. 
Yeah, I didn't feel like he did enough for it to cost him the win. I felt the same yeah. way, Jimmy. Yeah. And commentary was trying to sell that. They're trying to make up for that of just the mere presence of Christian and, and, and yeah. reaching his arm. They, yeah. they were trying. They were they were stretching a little bit. Yeah. And I, I'm going to point something out here. I want to respond to something in, in the chat here. Uh, I don't even know what your name is, but something, 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 64, saying AEW doesn't do DQs. You guys got to get over it. Here's no. why we don't have to get over it. Tony Khan loved his old ECW. It was fine there was no DQs in ECW because it was an understood universal fact. There's no DQs in any match, so they don't use the threat of a weapon and the threat of a DQ to be a distraction otherwise. Tonight in the main event of, yep. of, of Dynamite, they made a big spot over the referee getting out of the ring and stopping, stopping and threatening Pac saying, don't you use that weapon. Well, why the hell is he stopping them? If if, 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 there, if there's no DQs, if, if, you know, mm -hmm. so that's why we don't have to get over because they there needs you need to pick. If Tony Khan just comes out and busts it open the next time he's on and says, you know what, I'm making a rule, we are not doing any DQs at all. Or if there's a title on the line, there's mm -hmm. no DQs. If he does some kind of stipulation, fine. You'll never hear me complain about it again because at least there'll be a consistent, you know, stipulation or rule based upon the match or all matches. Mm -hmm. But don't give me one match. Where, where we absolutely just disregard rules and DQ and then give me others where you're making it a pivotal point that's that, that's going into the finish. Yeah, the and, and, and if I can, just to, to add to that a little bit, when you're presenting your product as we are presenting it as a real sport with rankings in the whole system, you have to have rules involved yeah. too if you're at presenting it as a real sport. And by ignoring rules um, randomly, yeah. whether it is a, a DQ, whether it is a count out, whatever the case may be, then uh, you're you're doing a disservice because you're not. Don't get me started on the count out because the main event they oh. fought in the ramp oh. for a good four minutes and the referee. I don't know if the mm -hmm. referees in AW don't know how to count till ten. Like I'm not sure what's going on here, but they mm -hmm. never count oh, we'll anyone. So. We'll yeah, we it. will. We'll get we'll get to it. Trust me. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's just um, yeah. I don't know it. it yeah. It's just one of those things. I just, I don't know. Like, just make up your mind. I mean, just tell, just tell me we're not going to do it anymore, and I mean, we're not going to worry about DQs, and and that could be that. Um, so yeah, yeah nonetheless, that's my, that's that's my. I'm not the, I'm not the ref, but that's my rant. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> Thank you for the plug. Yeah, there you go. Do the more formal plug. Go ahead. No, no. We'll, we'll be time for that afterwards. <laughs> What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, moving on here. We got the factory in the ring. Uh, it's uh, Nick Camarado and QT Marshall up against Warjo. Um, so I'm gonna say this. So we're gonna the finish is gonna be the Swanton by Warjo on to Camarado, and then uh, that transitions right into Joe putting the sleeper on, so they get the win. Um, before we get to the post match antics, obviously Warjo goes over the way they should, right? If this is not real long. It's it's you know they get you know both men you know get to kind of use some finishing moves. But I got it. But I also got to say, like, AEW's got a pretty wide variety of like talent. Like, couldn't we find two smaller guys to put in there? Why are we going to put Nick Camarado, who actually mm-hmm. is legitimately bigger than both Wardlow and Joe? And so when I have Wardlow, I see Wardlow fighting Camarado. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, this I don't, I don't know. I did that. That's that was my nitpick. They Wardlow and Joe were booked well, really well. The thing putting Wardlow with bigger guys because they did it last week too with with um, Ryan Cage too. I, I noticed that they're putting yeah. him in there with people that don't look like he's just gonna squash them. No, I, I, I mean I, just... I guess I guess the other maybe Jimmy is is the philosophy we're gonna put Wardlow against guys who are as big as them or bigger, and we're gonna show yeah. how dominant they can be, and is it's just credit is it a credibility? If you're gonna do it, stop doing it in tag matches, and 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 like Wardlow needs to be by himself as opposed to being in right. a group. I think that's and don't get me wrong, uh, the Wardlow and uh, Ward Joe team, if they'd have come out originally, mind you, the name is still kind of like it grades me the wrong way. But at the same time, if if Wardlow wasn't presented as uh, breaking away from MJF as a singles guy, and then all of a sudden he's part of a group, including FTR and the whole bit, it almost felt like this match was to set up the the rivalry between these two factions as opposed to, you know, helping elevate guys like Wardlow who at one point felt like he was the hottest thing they got going and didn't take advantage of it. Missed opportunity there. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know why the factory was on TV after we haven't seen him in like 10 weeks. That also made no sense. It was a match just to book, just to get people on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's certain again there's things that are there's things that happen again that I just you know, like so, you know, one of you said a minute ago on on, the, on our last rant about the legitimacy about the rankings like mm-hmm. did I miss something or did AEW do no they the haven't rankings? updated the rankings in like a, over a month but and I haven't seen are they even putting the are they still put the records but are they putting rankings in the graphics so like again no the last th- time I checked the website it hadn't been I'll check right now but it hadn't been updated in forever because I used to go over them every Wednesday on my streams and now there there hasn't been any updates for mm-hmm. it to go over it. I mean, yeah, do we, do we miss a Tony Khan edict? Are we doing it just, are we just quiet? August 31st. If you go to, if you go to alleliterestling.com, August 31st is the last update. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that kind of sounds like maybe like, all right, all outs. Maybe or we're just going to kind of move away from it now, like on this new season, so to speak. Of, um... yeah. Because that got, it got questioned. It was questioned when, uh, when they gave Moxley that buy. Remember when they had to do the oh, AEW yeah. World Tournament and Moxley wasn't the number one ranked <laughs> and they had to completely change how they did the rankings. Moxley went from number three to number one overnight. I mm. might have been the one that called that out. But anyways, <laughs> after I mean, yeah. that, the rankings just got real weird. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can't blame them because that was the one thing I've always said about the rankings. As nice as it is to try to uh, put mm-hmm. legitimate sport in there, it does like really it, it does 
uh, lock up some of your creative freedoms, at least of logic yes. of who of who you make your next challenger and et cetera, et cetera. So right. absolutely. Yeah. So post match, the uh, looks like we're gonna get the powerbomb symphony. He gets one on QT. It looks like we're gonna get more, and then he's interrupted by Prince Nana and Brian Cage. Uh, they come out. They have their whole group behind them, and oh, you know, where's FTR at? Blah blah blah. Well, here comes FTR. Well, we're still need to even things up. So then FTR uh, brings out a guy, and they start referencing ten. And what time is Rampage on ten? Here comes Sean Spears out. We haven't seen Sean Spears uh, since like early summer, mm-hmm. uh, so he's back on TV now. Uh, and this looks like it sets up. I, did they make it official? It looks like it's going to set up a Rampage match. Uh, yeah. between these two parties. So, I mean, again, it, it's setting stuff up, but I, I don't, it, back to our point, you have Samoa Joe, Samoa freaking Joe. You got Wardlow, who's just, you one of your rising stars and has a momentum. You know, normally piecing two guys together in a tag team is because you're kind of lost. You don't have anything. So let's, you're, you shouldn't be, when, when Joe's carrying around a Ring of Honor title and Wardlow's carrying around one of your, 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 your TNT title and they're both, and, and especially Wardlow, they're just so hot. Why, that just seems like a, just putting putting water on a flame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, Spears coming out, don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of his. I like his work. I think he's very good. But at the same time, it felt like, Oh, here's a Canadian guy we could throw yes. out here to try and get that, the, the Canadian pop. That's what that you said it. And I didn't have to say it. So I'm so happy you said that because I was like, at this point, we're just bringing everybody from Canada because they have a lot of them in the roster. And then he comes out and the funniest part was that he was the only one in there without a belt to so everybody in AEW had a belt. <laughs> he looks so lonely standing in the ring next to everybody with their belt. I also forgot what title Samoa Joe is holding. There's too many belts in AEW. Mm-hmm. It took me a second to remember what title it is that Samoa Joe is carrying around. So is he the, is he yeah, the ROH I, pure, champion? pure champion? No, the TV, the TV show. TV. Oh. Yeah. And they don't have yeah, a TV they, deal right now. Yeah, is yeah. it Daniel Daniel Garcia has the purity. Oh, okay. <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah. It's okay, guys. Right. I got you. I got you. Uh, thank, well, thank what, you what would we do without you? Exactly. <laughs> I had to ask. I had to ask on my own chat. Mm-hmm. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get like a dress rehearsal in your in your uh chats. You yeah. get to like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, up next, uh, we get Swerve Strickland up against Billy Gunn. Of course, Billy Gunn, huge pop coming out with the acclaim. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point in the match, Billy looks like he's going to tease. He's going to get the suck it, but he stops the crowd and, and does a scissor me instead mm-hmm. gesture. He, he, he looked like he was trying to chop off his own member. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that he did it, it really looked that way. Think about it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I will there's, see. There's Issa, there's Issa shooting. There you go. You won't you won't be able to unsee it now. Oh but I, I, I will I will say this: watching this match with Billy Gunn, though, I am uh, he, he's making me feel like sound effect. Sarah? <laughs> okay. okay. Button ready to go for when this. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, so it looks like Billy's, uh, you know, he does a little scissor me uh, uh, interpretation nonetheless by Issa. Uh, a little bit of a, of a weird, maybe it was weird to me, I don't know, but maybe maybe it was cool, I don't know. So Billy gets, Billy gets like this, um, like million dollar dream, Cobra clutch kind of uh, sleeper onto Swerve, and then Swerve. What happened? They say Swerve did something like to Billy's leg. The next thing I know, Swerve is on top of Billy. So Billy's shoulders are pinned to the mat. The referee's kind of like right there, but like the referee's not supposed to see it. Swerve is grabbing the rope to like secure. Uh, Jimmy, I have to by default throw this to you. Did I like what? 
this looked awkward to me, but maybe I just maybe I just didn't maybe I wasn't paying attention. I don't know what happened. No, you were paying attention. It was very awkward. It didn't come off well at all. It it looked horrible, and it put the heat on the wrong person. The heat went to the referee as opposed to going to the heel, winning in a cheating manner. The whole idea, as I say here, week after week after week, is the heel is supposed to outsmart the referee. The referee is not supposed to look like the, uh, you know, wearing the dark glasses with the with the with the the, the stick tapping along like he's a blind man. I, it, the, those days are gone. You got to look like you're trying to do your job, and you just got outsmarted by a clever heel. He should have just put him through a table. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but again, it looked awkward. And it's, again, one of those situations where the referee was trying. You could see he was trying not to see it, as opposed to getting in a natural position where he wouldn't see it. Isa? Yeah, I, I did think that the finish of the match was awkward. It was sloppy. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand it. The match itself was very good. Billy Gunn looks incredible. So over, probably the most over person in that roster right now. Like it's incredible the pops that he gets, the the shape that he's in. I I, I enjoy watching him. There's a couple of people in AW that that have kind of like defined the the whole age thing, right? Because a lot of us say we don't want to see some of these guys wrestle again. But that this wasn't bad. It was a great match for him, and the crowd loved it. The acclaim is so absolutely over. And yeah, I just wish the ending would have been a little more clear i i think i know what swerve was trying to go for but not only the referee even the camera angle that they shot it from the whole thing was just weird <clears throat> yeah just and like i said then i hear commentary saying oh like swerve did, again i think they were trying to maybe compensate and make mm-hmm. up they were saying something about like what, what he did to billy's leg and billy even looked a little frustrated so i have to think that this was not what they this this came right. this sounded this sounded better in conversation yes backstage than it yes. came off there you go um so but not to be taken away from, uh, you know, Swerve gets some heat. You know, Swerve coming out, Swerve, you know, getting some heel heat. And obviously Billy Gunn, the acclaimed, one of the hottest acts right now going on. Uh, and, yeah, Billy at 58, 59, whatever he is, just in phenomenal shape. And, you know, it's so funny. We obviously don't see him Monday on his DX reunion. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> we don't see him because he's busy getting ready for his match. And it is, mm-hmm. and he is, he is too legit to quit <laughs> in shape yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. So very cool. All right, uh, we got a backstage interview. Alex Marvez with MJF. MJF, uh, as Alex Marvez is, is setting up questions for MJF, MJF is interrupted by Stokely Hathaway. He thinks everything's all good. MJF says, this is strike two on you. Uh, MJF was not happy about how last week, how Stokely and crew got involved when it looked like MJF was getting ready to shake hands with Wheel Yuta. Now he's interrupting, trying to do the dynamite trope where he interview, interrupt me in an interview. Not happy Stokely told him to get away, called him Carlton Banks. Um so shoes him away and then proceeds to cut a promo first on William Regal talks about how he and Regal have a dark past. He doesn't know if William Regal remembers it, but if he, if William Regal keeps pushing him, he'll tell it. So very interesting little tease there by MJF. I don't think you'd give that. I don't think you'd give that tease unless there is something to this. Um, I'm only going to assume just because the most of Regal's past is him in WWE, especially in developmental that maybe MJF, in, on the independence or something cross paths with Regal and is going to drum up a story. Uh, so that's interesting. Stay tuned for that one. And then he proceeds to go on and talk about how, uh, is he a bad guy? Yeah, he's a bad guy because nobody knows what it's like to be MJF. He wakes up the mirror and he breaks his hand many a times, punching his own reflection, but that's what he's got to do. They say they didn't punch himself, which we saw. Oh, later. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that. 
Uh, and finally, he calls himself a generational, generational talent. talent. I didn't do this promo justice because I, I, I wasn't going to write it down yeah. for word for word. Mm-hmm. But for, again, a pre-tape promo that's not out in front of the crowd and is pretty just kind of one-off in terms of a really well-done promo, Issa. This, this MJF showing why he is the best promo they got. Excellent. Beautifully done. I loved everything he had to say. I got to tell you, Stokely annoying me. When Stokely mm-hmm. just approached him, I was like, why are you coming near NJF when there's a mic near him? This is the moment that we all look forward to in the show. It's just hearing NJF talk. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do with Stokely here. Or maybe they're just teasing that breakup, you know? But I, I didn't like it. I'm like, do not interrupt NJF when he's on the mic, please. But NJF, He's so good, and, and I and I got a lot of people telling me tonight. They're like, I really want to hate him, but I can't. He's mm. he's borderline. Something is happening here. He's borderline mm. in there. Love this promo. Like you said, there's no way to do it justice. Watch it if you didn't see it tonight. One of the highlights of the show. Absolutely. Yeah, but like you said, the only critique of the whole thing was why does every backstage interview have to have somebody come in and interrupt? Why can't it just be a straight interview? Especially with someone like MJF, you don't need that extra little whatever they were trying to do with that interruption because MJF is just that good. He could just take the mic, you, you know, Tony Schiavone or whoever could step aside and just leave it to him and he will talk people into the seats or in front of their TV sets or wherever. Here's my question. Uh, you know, MJF even threatened Stokely and like, you know, a fire, you know, I didn't inquire for your services. Like, you know, the whole idea of the firm is that they were created to kind of be like protection when MJF needs it. And I mean, as quick as it was formed is as quick as MJF is trying to distance himself from it. And we haven't even seen all these guys even together. You know, like we see pieces of them show up like was the firm created and did, did we just immediately pull up? No, we don't want to do like I, I, that. That's kind of what's baffling to me is in this whole thing. That's there, too. But yeah. It felt like they were just created for that moment in the ladder match at all out. And there was yeah. no purpose for them after that. <laughs> Which I don't really care about any of the rest of the guys except for Morrissey. I'm a big fan of W. Morrissey, so it's like I want to know. Like he's like, if you if you got him under contract, if the dude can't work anywhere else, freaking use the dude, right? Like don't. I heard don't. they showed up at JCW this weekend, right, to to help uh, negate the feet Moxley. It was it was Morrissey. It was the firm who showed up for that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's go to some super chats. Terry Allen Jr. A little off topic of wrestling. He goes Black Panther sequel. I will watch. Will you trio? I don't follow those movies. Not I have nothing against them, I'm, I, you know. But I, I'm not one of those regulars. I don't. Know, what about you two? Well, I do watch them, but it'll. I'll eventually watch it. It's not something where I oh, I need to go see it on opening weekend or anything like that. I will. I will. My focus right now is on Halloween ends. It's getting a lot of really mixed reviews. I'm a big horror movie buff, so I'm very concerned about what I'm walking into this weekend. But um, after that, we'll talk about Black Panther. But I'll definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Very fun. All right, turning the page in my notes. Where are we at next? John Moxley in the ring for a promo. <laughs> and uh, here comes Hangman Adam Page. He comes out and he says, you know, that he, what Moxley said last week, you know, the, the words of respect that Moxley has for Page, that meant the world to him. He's putting over Moxley and, and the man that Moxley is. Uh, all while this is happening, MJF is watching on curiously from a skybox. Uh, and then as, as Hangman was appreciative of the respect words, Everything turned for him once then Moxley capped off his comments by calling Page a nice kid. That did not sit well. Uh, Mox says Page doesn't have it in him. Page says he knows what he needs to do next week in Cincinnati, which is where Dynamite will be from. And Page screaming, I'm not a kid. I'm a man. I'm a man. And repeatedly 
punching himself in the right side of his face until he busts himself open the hard way during this promo. Uh, now, all while this is going on, as, as, as we're trying to make or we're trying to make Paige look like the big, the crazy, you know, uh, challenger who is the worthy challenger, the fans are just chanting MJF. Mm-hmm. They're just looking up at him, chanting him, uh, not wanting or caring about Paige becoming the champion, but wanting MJF to just shut up both of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, where are you stand on this, and, and what, what's where's your level of excitement at for this? I presume main event next Tuesday in Cincinnati, Moxley's hometown. I wish I had more excitement for it because uh, uh, you know what I was I was fairly much enjoying Moxley's promo. It was it was typical Moxley, um, you know. And then when Paige came out, I was fine with that. I liked the stare down, but then he got into crazy uh, screaming, yelling, you know, like. Don't get me wrong. I, nobody loves old school promos more than I do, but that whole banging himself on the face and screaming and yelling, it just doesn't work for me. It's a, especially from him. It didn't yeah, is come that, off. Is, well. that, is, that the, is that the cowboy thing to do? Uh, apparently. I don't know. I, I, I guess I got to head out West and find out, but uh, it, it, that just didn't work for me. It made him, it didn't make him come <laughs> off like a, a, I don't know. It just, you know, you want to get invested in the character. You want to get invested in, in, in the person. That just turned me right off. It, just, it was like, okay, I could see someone like Hawk or Animal doing it, but not, you know, Cowboy, Hangman, Ethan Page. Uh, not Ethan Page. Uh, sorry. Hangman, Adam Page. <laughs> I, as soon as you said that, I got to head out west. All I, <laughs> I, I know. All, all, I, all I can do is start to quote Kid Rock's Cowboy. I know. Yeah. He's on my head. I'm going to have to listen to it after the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you made my night, Jimmy. Oh, thank you. That's it for me, folks. Good. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> um, I I don't know that I loved it. I mean, he was passionate, you know, props for that. I he's all like, I'm depressed, I can't sleep, the meds are not working, and I'm like, join the club, buddy. And none of us are like <laughs> crying about it on national TV or punching ourselves, you know. <laughs> and the maybe you need some different meds. Yeah, yeah like stop it or, or go back to drinking. Like that seems to hurt <laughs> me sometimes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but um, the, the fact that, Justin, you brought it up. The whole time they're chanting NJF. What does that tell you about how many Fs the crowd gives about this man literally punching himself? I laughed. Yeah. I think I got a clip it in my stream. So I just started laughing. Like it, that's not the reaction that I'm sure he was going for. Uh, mm-hmm. Crowd chanting MJF goes to show you where it goes. It didn't get me any more excited for their match on Tuesday. And they were supposed mm-hmm. to sell me the match. And that just mm-hmm. didn't do it. I'm just looking forward to MJF cashing this giant ship already. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm going to head out west where real <laughs> women come equipped with scripts and fake breasts. Um, so Tuesday, so we have this special show, special day, special uh, the day of the week. They're trying to load it up and, and make you say, okay, you got to tune into this title match, right? So they're not, it's not going to just be a throwaway show. Uh, at least it doesn't seem like on paper. Uh, do you think we see some type of title change, whether it's Paige or whether MJF would actually cash in? Do you guys think that they would do that on a show on a, on a, not on the regular day? Uh, I could see it happening because, well, P- Paige, basically said he will be the next new AEW world heavyweight champion, whether he does that. And who knows, maybe he does defeat Mox. And then that's when, when MJF cashes in after that. 
Yeah, but he also said he was going to defeat CM Punk and he didn't do it. He also said he was going to win the trios title with the Dark Order and he didn't do it. That Hangman Page is known for coming out there, cutting passionate promos and not, you know, coming through with what he said. He he mm-hmm. talks the talk, but can he walk the walk? Talk about another one. Happening. Talk about another one. We say it about Wardo, but Page was a guy at one point. Page was like the again, the guy that everybody was chanting for and babyface mm-hmm. because- and... People couldn't because wait to see him. Because they didn't have a uh, they didn't have a story for Page after he captured the title. They worked on that story of him getting to that world title for two years. It was it was beautifully told. But once he got to the top, there was nothing for him after. They had nothing mm. for him after. Right. Hmm. All right. Well, we I do think the, uh... like back like a full gear when he captured that title right. from Kenny Omega was a moment that all of us were waiting for. And then after right. that, he hasn't done much. <clears throat> It feels like the most money yeah. match the fans would care about that in pages for CM Punk, only because now we know yeah. how Punk feels about him. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, all right, so now we're in the uh, first quarter of the second hour, and we are going to get the Ring of Honor World Championship match of Chris Jericho up against Brian Danison. Now, I'm not going to criticize this match for not being last because I've been the one in the past that's been critical of do we need to headline the show with a Ring of Honor brand show? So I, I so I'm okay. They put it here. I'm also okay because I, I based upon how we see the show ending, I, I, I see why on paper what they think. How do we want to end the show? Mm-hmm. But I was surprised at the moment that we're going to see Ring of Honor World Champion mm-hmm. Lionheart Chris Jericho up against Brian Danielson. Um, before we get into the match, I got to point this out: Ring of Honor ring announcer, Ring of Honor commentator, play by play. But yet we keep with AEW referees, and even when the commentary mm-hmm. is telling us how there's a twenty count outside and yeah. like there's different rules and such so i'm surprised mm-hmm. you wouldn't if nothing else just take the damn referee and put a ring of honor shirt on him <clears> to help mm-hmm. help enforce the sanctioned ring of honor rules yeah especially when you got a former ring of honor referee and paul turner refereeing the match and they didn't even point that out they could have been you know paul turner was a former uh row roh sorry row roh referee and it, they didn't even mention that that he had any affiliation with them. So that could have been at least mentioned to 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 some extent if you're not bringing in a, a um, an ROH referee, yeah. you know. Just something I noticed. They do all the other ROH dressing. Uh... And and to your point about not putting this on last, which it would have, judging by the two superstars in the match, right, could have worked. This would have been a match. You talk about the two most important parts of a show are the beginning, how you start it, and how you end it. This this could have easily kicked off the show and felt like yes. a big moment, a bigger moment yes. than putting it where it was. It, it could have, but I understand mm-hmm. the, surpri- the, the, the surprise or the joyous pop of being in Toronto and, and announcing Renee. If they don't have Renee sign, absolutely. Why do you start mm-hmm. with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy? But I, I, I but can't. you can have Renee sign and, and start and introduce Jericho instead. Then another Canadian. Yeah. Have the, the, yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. All right, Lisa, you won. You won that one. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, and then here's interesting: the crowd obviously is definitely behind Jericho. So Brian is definitely getting the heel reaction from the crowd. They're all about their Canadian uh, Chris Jericho here. Uh, we get a ref bump. Ref is out, down and wait, out. Wait, Justin, are you not gonna mention how they didn't get Judas and the crowd just sang it on their own? Imagine yeah, so waiting to sing like Canada mm. hadn't gotten a show. <laughs> they waited three years to sing Judas, and, and they, they still cheer them. 
if 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 they did that, uh, hey, let's try to get Jericho some heel heat and let's get Brian to be cheered. It didn't work. They still cheered him. Yeah, yeah. they played no, the they start went of Judas. Sing the song on their own, which I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that was like, I get why they did it, and I get your point with the whole heat. But it's just like that was like a little bit of not reading the room. These people waited three mm-hmm. years. They haven't gotten the chance to sing this song out loud. Like, let them have their moment, man. Like that, yeah. I, I felt bad for the Canada crowd there. And I did too. I did too. And, and really quickly, uh, I did appreciate the crowd not trying to, other than that moment, trying to hijack the show. Yes, it was know, a they, great they, crowd. It was a very good crowd. Okay, very go, good. go to a karaoke bar and sing it. If you want to yeah, the crowd. <laughs> there you go. No, please don't go to a karaoke bar and sing wrestling songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's I not do. a wrestling song. It's a mainstream song. It's on, it's, it's on like Sirius uh, XM radio. It's a mainstream song. Who listens to Sirius XM other than to listen to you? We do oh, Apple Music oh, and Spotify, Justin just Lavar. You just, I almost, I almost had to pull, uh, I almost had to mute you and kick you off the stream. I say myself, it. I know what I'm talking about. I'm saying nobody listens to you. You use oh. Apple Music, you use Spotify. This is the streaming era, Justin Lavar. Come on. You just, you, oh no. <laughs> You're going to scare the people again. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> that the commentary team didn't call Toronto Bizarro World anything like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he starts with judas he comes out then to rob zombie mm-hmm. yeah um all right end of the match we get a ref bump reps down jericho then has the roh title he's threatening to hit brian with the bell here comes daniel garcia the roh pure champion mm-hmm. he comes out looks like he's gonna stop him but he ultimately ends up hitting brian mm-hmm. crowd goes banana they're happy for this mm-hmm. uh ultimately jericho is going to get the win here so jericho retains um so after all that, Daniel Garcia has seen the light. Yeah, I guess. I guess he has seen the light. And and to, to be fair, the match was good. And I expected nothing less from these two guys. It's just uh, it's just weird where you – maybe If, if I would have told thing, you, yeah. Jimmy, if I would have told you, there's going to be a dynamite where there's Pac versus Orange Cassidy and there's Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. Which one's going to be in the main event? That would be that that would throw you off on paper, though. I would First say of all, if you would have told me that there's a dynamite with those two matches in the car, I would think I'm watching either Grand Slam two weeks ago or the pay-per-view because these matches, both of them, we literally just saw them. Just pointing mm-hmm. that out. This is the mm-hmm. third time that Jericho and Brian are going at it. This is the second time Grand Slam, it was Pack and Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. So just just giving just giving that energy of repetitive booking. Yep. Sorry, Jimmy, I cut you off, but I but I had to. No, no, that's fine. I, I, I just, you know, first of all, surprised with the ref bump. And, uh, and, and you know what? It worked here tonight because it happens so infrequently there. Right. That it, it, it was absolutely fine. And it helped help further the story with Daniel Garcia. So uh, I'm cool with it. I have to admit, I diverted my attention for a, a quick minute to check on my Capitals hockey game. Mm-hmm. How what what was the ref bump? What did they do to get the ref down? Oh, it was kind of like a float over and and pushed uh, right into. It was actually smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he bumped in and bumped out actually out of the ring too. So okay, which was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see it live, and then as, as I was telling myself, I got to rewind to see it. I then got caught up in the show, and then I'm watching the cap. They did drag the, the. I'm gonna hit him with the title thing while the yeah. ref was down for way too long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the ref do the slow army crawl to yeah. you know, <laughs> while Jericho's trying to kick the belt and everything else out of the mm-hmm. ring. At least he's doing that. To not, yeah. not bury the ref with having you know the weapons of the crime scene, you know. Right. 
All right, so Jericho gets the win. So he continues on. No honor in this mm-hmm. Ring of Honor champion. Mm-hmm. Ring of Jericho. Thank you very Jericho. much. Jericho. Fun match. It was a great match. They, 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 I know I, I will point out it's the third time we've seen it in like the last four weeks, but it was still just as good as the first time. Mm. And that's the thing. I'll give that. I'll, I'll defend it. Is that, you know, if, if there's going to be, if you are going to repeat matches, you repeat matches with guys like Chris Jericho and Brian Danison, who it, they, they would have to actively try to say, what would be stupid? What would be illogical? They would have to try. That's what they would have to do in order to have a bad match because they're they're just not guys that have bad match. They're 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 they're, they're, they're well they're like the Shawn Michaels of their generation. They just can't have bad matches. Right, and the, and every match can be different and still be good. Yeah, and tell good stories. Yeah. All right, we get the women's uh, tag team in their match. usual spot. Nine thirty p.m. Nine thirty. That that train's never late. But I'll say this: I actually thought this match was. It pretty was inter- I, I thought it was pretty entertaining. So mm-hmm. I know we make fun of the spot they get put in, but I thought I thought the way that this actually came off, I found myself kind of on the edge of my seat waiting to see this sequence and spot. So mm-hmm. uh, hats off to all four ladies here. Uh, it's Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter up against Hikaru Shida and, uh, Shida and uh, Tony Storm. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the spots. Go check it out, though. If you do want to watch a good women's tag match, I thought it was good. My mm-hmm. opinion, the finish is, is Sheeta and Britt kind of countering each other with weight, trying to do roll-ups. Ultimately, after three or four counters, Sheeta does get the victory on Britt. Um, Again, so Britt is just taking pins every every week. Like, every time she's on a match, she's taking the L. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm not sure. Again, I don't know all, where all the direction of the booking, the women's going. There was no Soraya tonight. So I don't know where everything's going. But I will just say, these four women get told they're yeah. out in a normal spot at 930. I thought they made the most of it. Yeah, they absolutely did. And uh, I will say this about the finish, the dreaded roll-up. At least Taz went out of his way on commentary to try and explain it. The more that they roll through, the tighter it gets is is how he explained it. So at yes. least he tried to at least uh, explain away the, the roll-up finish, especially when you see such devastating maneuver. What a maneuver! And, and not getting the pin. Yeah, this was a fun match. I love the work that all four women put in. I respect AEW because mm-hmm. they know that Jamie Hayter has such momentum going right now. She's getting the pops, the crowd reaction. So you can't have her lose, but then you pair her with Britt Baker, one of your biggest women stars, mm-hmm. and her taking losses on TV. I'm not sure that I like it either, but at least they know that they have something special with Jamie Hayter here, and they're protecting her. Right. What is it about? And I'm not saying that I disagree with it. I just it kind of just kind of it came out of nowhere for me. What you don't know it what it is? You, you... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm dead. What is it with Jamie that uh, is like exploded? What did I miss? Listen, oh, you don't, I, I, know don't what it is. I know what it is. Go the chat knows it. what it is. <clears throat> okay. She's beautiful. Oh, well, I know I, that's that that's an obvious one. Is, is it just yeah. is it just is it just is it that she's just she's getting over because she's just a hot, yeah, hot chick? Is that what it is? I mean, yeah, and she lo- the crowd loves her. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm questioning you because you gave me like a very deviant like like I, 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 almost, I, I didn't I didn't want to be disrespectful, but I was like, is there like a right. tape of her out I just, there? Like, that's like just read the chat, circulating? okay? Just, just read the chat. What? Okay. Well, yeah, uh, the chat. Everybody looking gorgeous. People are saying, you know, I see gorgeous. I see she works amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. she's good in the ring. I'm, I, I just, I didn't know if I missed something. Is there like, right. a, I didn't know if she had a catchphrase that all of a sudden t- took off. I didn't know if. Yeah. Uh, Jamie is Look at the chat here. Jamie's hot and tough. Bumps like crazy. Hotties. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> 
Oh, but I mean, I, I, I didn't, th- I didn't know if there was like something like really mysterious. Like I didn't know if like something leaked of hers that like was like going nuts. Or something. I, okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I just didn't know. I felt like something. Somebody says Justin, look at her Insta. All right. Well, I, I don't have time to be creeping on Instagram while I'm hosting the show. Exactly. So I'll, I'll, I'll bookmark it later. I'll let you know. Oh, well, thanks, Baby Ice, who said they'll be disrespectful for us. So cool. <laughs> Now I gotta Google her Instagram, but I'll do this. Yeah. Jamie, yeah. All right. well later, Jamie. H A Y T R. K F A brother. K F A brother. All right, back <laughs> to the program. Here we go. Okay. Main event. <laughs> Main event. Uh, we have the All Atlantic Championship, and your All Atlantic mm-hmm. Champion Pack up against Orange Cassidy. Uh, we get into the fun stuff here, uh, is where Pack tries to go for the ring bell, and Dan Helsen tries to stop him. Uh, he doesn't get the bell, but Pac does get the hammer for the bell. Uh, but then as he gets the hammer, we get a big KO punch by Orange Cassidy. That drops said hammer on the ground. Referee Bryce Remsburg has been trying to stop him from getting the bell, stop him from getting the hammer, because we disqualify you if you do this. Orange Cassidy is going to get a few more of the knockout punches. He is going to be crowned your new All-Atlantic champion, confetti and all, best friends and all. Issa, I'll take it to you first. I love this match. Pack the selling that Pack does, he'll make any move look like devastating. I had an issue, like I mentioned earlier, we can really get into it now. Picture mm-hmm. in picture, they were on the outside on the ramp. That commercial break lasted almost three minutes. They never touched the ring. There was never a count out started by the referee. This why do they do that? Like, I don't understand. We are ignoring rules. I know they don't do the cues. Apparently, they don't do double countouts or countouts either because they should have been some kind of count going on. And then Pat gets in the ring. The referee gets in the ring. And when Orange Cassidy starts crawling back, that's when he starts the count. Make it make sense, Jimmy Cordera, please. There is nothing I could say or think of to have it make any kind of sense whatsoever. The referee spent as much time on the floor as the talent did. Which made me say, like, what the <laughs> heck is going on here? You know what I mean? You know, it's different. It's different when something happens on the floor, like, like for example, when 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 Pac took that spike DDT on the floor for the referee to go out and check on him. That's yeah. a different story. Now you're checking on the safety of the wrestler. Okay, but to go out there and tell him, hey, get back in the ring, or I'll count you out for three minutes. You're out there with them, telling them to get back in the ring before you count them out. Yeah, there, there is no explanation you can give that would have that make any kind of sense, unless it was yeah. a, it was a no count out match. Jimmy, you really should have been in the building. You really should have been in the building tonight for the show. Oh, oh yeah, you should have. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Also, I just want to point out that when this championship was introduced, it was like a battle of all of these people from all of these different countries, right? So why not have a Canadian fight pack tonight in Toronto? Mm. You know, just just a thought, like something that kind of makes sense. You have a couple there that could have just gone the spot. However, match was excellent. Orange Cassidy in the ring. I don't like his stick. I don't like his gimmick, but in the ring, he's incredible. I thought this was well-deserved. I know that's not a word that we use a lot, but I thought he deserved this. Like, he never gets to win anything. Um, and this was fun. These guys have been going back and forth for forever. Remember, they had a triple threat match with Kenny Omega for the AEW World Champion. They were both involved in there. Like, they had a long history, and their matches just keep getting better and better. Good for Orange Cassidy for getting a win and winning a title here. Uh, Sal says, 
the tombstone on the ramp should have been the end of the match. No one should be able to get up from that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like I said before, there was the spike pile driver on the floor to pack and then coming in the ring, you know, the, the springboard spike pile driver in the ring. So now he's technically taking two spike pile drivers and kicked out. All right, let me get some super chats. I, I, Robert, I apologize. I meant I had it saved. I meant to do this earlier with the Jericho Bryan match. Robert said earlier, heel Bryan is so good, he got <laughs> no chance over. Um, yeah, Bryan does excel as a heel. That's actually quite that's a, his range. He actually plays a great heel when he needs to, but he yeah. obviously he's the baby face that took WrestleMania hostage. So, I mean, good lord. Um, <laughs> Another one from Robert. This was way back at the beginning of the show. He, we say this one for him. AEW second hour was so good. So happy for Orange Cassidy. I don't know. I didn't. I, I think overall the show was okay. Yeah, but it I, was fun. I, I didn't. It was fun. There were some entertaining moments. There was some other stuff that, that again that we you can critique, obviously. But at the same time, I didn't think it was one of their better efforts. And maybe my expectations were higher for them coming north of the border for the first time. Right. You know, internationally, I thought. You know, Maybe I was expecting more. I don't know. Uh, Gary S. Main event, and I'm done with watching AEW. Oh, Gary, why? (laughs) I will say one thing. uh, While the show was enjoyable, it wasn't like something that you would expect from, you know, they made such a big deal with their first Canada show. The crowd was incredible. It was good to see a sellout crowd again. If this doesn't show them mm-hmm. that they need to start booking different cities and different places and go to new places, because AW, they keep going to the same cities over and over, and that's why the momentum is dying. And you see them go places like this, and you realize, you know, there's people that are still... Um, one of my friends, it's like, this is my first AW show. And I'm like, how? Like, it just hit me that they never mm-hmm. even been there. They need to start going to new places just to get that crowd reaction, like what they were getting tonight. Mm-hmm. It'll be real fun when they go back to uh, it'll be real fun when they go back to Chicago in November. It'll be the first time they're going back Ooh. to Chicago since not having CM Punk. Ah. So I'll be curious what the temperature in the room is there. Yeah, and how many CM Punk chants we'll get. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. So that was Dynamite tonight. Uh, just saw a little bit of Jamie Hader's Instagram and mm-hmm. uh, good golly, Miss Molly. Uh, Issa, take it away with the uh, closing plugs. Yeah, you guys can find me on YouTube, NYC Demon Diva. You can find me here on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Jimmy? Same here. You can find me here on uh, doing uh, the Triple J on Monday nights and the JIJ on Wednesday nights. Uh, <laughs> or was it IJJ? Whatever the case may be. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about next week. We'll see what happens since it's a special Tuesday edition of Dynamite next week. But uh, we'll see what happens there. And you can catch me... Uh, dailies from monday to friday doing my reference on all my social media platforms where i tend to critique little things and try to have a little fun with it at the same time jimmy we're going to not be friends for about two hours tomorrow night your toronto maple leafs up against my washington Capitals. oh Let's don't see. remind me tonight uh, you see tonight uh, uh they, they open their season against the the uh Longtime rivals, the Montreal Canadiens, two original six teams battling it out and losing. They tied the game up with, under two minutes ago, and then they got scored on with like 40 seconds to go. And, but how uh, about the Yankees? Come on. Uh, oh, come my. on. Oh, here we go. <laughs> That's our cue to end it. I'm yeah. at Justin Labar. You can see me after Raw, after Dynamite. You can hear me Friday mornings on Sirius XM with Dave LaGreca and Thunder Rosa. It's all been good. Thanks to all of you for all your live chats. 
Thank you. If you please want to leave a comment, just leave a nice comment right underneath on YouTube. Let us know what you liked about the show. Let us know where you are, where you're listening, what you're doing. Leave that as a comment. Tweet us, whatever you want to do. But all those comments, all those likes, all those shares, all help us out. We really appreciate it. It's been fun. We'll be back next week for more here on Wrestling Inc. Be safe, be good, be a cowboy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.